Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Join me like he does each week during the football season is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. Chris got a big show today. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Mr. John Thayer, who's the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota Coyotes. And later on, Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach of the Rhode Island Rams. Chris, let's just get right to the action from last week. Up first, number four, Southern Illinois, 42, South Dakota State, 41 in overtime. If you're a Saluki, you have to feel like, boy, we hung in there, played tough, came back in the end. And if you're a Jackrabbit, you have to feel like one really got away from you. Yeah, great game here. The Jacks built an early 20 to nothing lead. They outgained the Salukis 200 yards to 24 in the first quarter alone. They led by two touchdowns with 10 minutes to play before Nick Baker rallied the Salukis. He was just terrific most of the game. The Jacks matched the Salukis with a touchdown in their first overtime possession and did good overtime. Uh, but they surprisingly won for two and passed was deflected away kind of puzzling on that play call decision you know I kind of wondered that too but going back and watching the game it just seemed like South Dakota State's defense was gassed Chris like they had no shot at stopping them coach Stig just thought let's go try to win the game right there what's your thought on that yeah, I think that's the reasoning. I just still, it seems like a little bit of desperation out of a, you know, a top five team. Number two, Sam Houston, 41, Lamar, seven. The Bearcats just keep on keeping on. Yeah, they do. They're not, you know, winning that impressively a lot of the time, but they're doing enough and conference play. You're going to expect to have some closer outcomes than you might normally. Number 12, Villanova, 28. Number three, James Madison, 27. One of the upsets of the week, Chris. Nova had the ball fourth and two inside their 30-yard line late in the fourth quarter, went for it. The game was there for the taking, and the Wildcats took it. They did, and they held JMU scoreless in the second half and came from 11 down to get that win. They The normally solid Ethan Rack, he missed two fourth-quarter field goals. Ray John Pringle caught eight balls for 132 yards, including the game winner, 54-yarder in the third quarter. Daniel Smith went 16 of 26 for 258, and Covington added another 87 on the ground. Just a great win for the Wildcats. Number five, North Dakota State, 34. Number 14, Northern Iowa, 20. Chris, we both thought that NDSU would open up the offense, and they sure did. They kind of did. I mean, they answered some questions. They hung 34 on a very good defense in Northern Iowa. Neither quarterback, though, set the world on fire, both finishing under 50% completions. Quincy Patterson did account for four touchdowns, and he made some key plays with his feet. Still think the passing game is a little suspect for the Bison. The Panthers also outgained North Dakota State 381 to 363. That was surprising. Patterson was impressive running the football. Like you said, there was one play in particular where they had him surrounded. He comes busting out. It was a big game and a big part of that game, and he's just been very impressive. I think as the season goes on, we're going to see the buys and coaching staff trust him a little more, let him do what he can do athletically, which is a whole lot. Number six, Eastern Washington, 63, Northern Colorado, 17. Eastern Washington's defense showed up. They held the Bears to just 231 yards of total offense, and Eastern's offense put up less yards than they normally do, but they obviously put up enough to get the easy win. And Greeley is historically not a place where Eastern Washington plays exceptionally well, correct? Yeah, there's been some very close games. that Northern Colorado has yet to beat Eastern, but they've taken them down to the wire a couple of times. 
Number seven, Montana, 31. Dixie State, 14. I think Dixie's getting a little better, but Montana, boy, the play calling in the first half kind of made you scratch your head a little bit. Chris Brown making his first start. Did some good things. Needs to be more careful with the football, though, I think. Yeah, and this game was just three to nothing at half. Dixie is playing a little bit better perhaps now. You know, they played fairly well most of last season, uh, but they're playing such a brutal schedule. The Grizz kind of played it close to the vest on offense. You expect that with Chris Brown making his first start, although it was decent. He threw for 241. He also threw a touchdown pass. Number 19, Rhode Island, 22. Number 8, Delaware, 15. This was a great football game. Rhode Island excelled in all three phases. They were the better football team one week ago. They did. Uh, special teams made some big plays, and they had three interceptions against Delaware, a block punt. Uh, so, yes, indeed, they were clicking on all three phases. Neither team was able to do much for the air. Both finished with less than 330 yards of total offense. Justice Antrim led the way for the Rams on offense, picking up 124 yards on the ground. Idaho State, 27. UC Davis, 17. We kind of thought Idaho State would get somebody, right, in the big sky this season. I didn't think it would be Davis, but that's the best game Idaho State's played in several years. It was, and I think they're better than their record. And, yes, we we have been waiting for them to uh, pull an upset. This is the Bengals' first win against a top-10 opponent since 2005, so hats off to them. And they did it by picking off Hunter Rodriguez twice and back up Miles Hastings once. And then they put up 440 yards or 444 yards of offense against a Davis defense that's played really well so far. Number 10, Montana State, 45, Cal Poly, 7. You know, we keep waiting for Cal Poly to put a good game together against somebody. It didn't happen last week. Montana State's for real, I think. Yeah, and sometimes what's happening to a team isn't real noticeable on the field, but I think Cal Poly is making some strides. They're not going to win more than a couple of games this year at the most, but they'll improve. Matthew McKay was an efficient 14 of 18 with two passing touchdowns. Six different cats rushed for more than 20 yards. It kind of looked like a triple option team, Kevin, and they had 268 yards total on the ground. Number 11, East Tennessee State, 48. The Citadel, 21. This was a close game at the half. East Tennessee State's just really really good the Citadel did a lot of good things against them on offense and it just didn't matter Chris yeah the Bucks are really good and I think it's clear that they're vying for a seed and perhaps a high seed with that win earlier in the season over Vanderbilt Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors combined for 226 yards rushing here and uh, they just keep marching on Youngstown State 41 number 13 Missouri State 33 I think Missouri State has finally learned that you cannot start slow in the Missouri Valley Football Conference you cannot spot teams points and expect to come back every week Youngstown played damn good in this ball game there's clearly some talent in Youngstown their two wins are against ranked opponents and incarnate word and then this one against Missouri State and surprisingly they're winning it with offense we're used to seeing Youngstown State play more of a hard-nosed you know defensive style of football but they can certainly put some points on the board news from around the subdivision the Southland Conference and the Ohio Valley Conference announced a scheduling alliance which Chris yeah I think it's a good idea I don't know what else these two leagues could have done they're hemorrhaging members so it makes sense that they would get together and and schedule each other in out of conference games but it seems like college football right now has more alliances than pro wrestling yeah it does and it's going to take a couple of years to sort everything out but i agree this is a good move for both of these conferences i i like seeing these type of things happen like when the the valley and the big sky had their challenge and then you know this year of course with the aq7 so the you know the more you can you can spread out the games and, and see teams from different parts of the country the better 
Here is the FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 7. Number 1, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number 2, Sam Houston. Number 3, the North Dakota State Bison. Number 4, Eastern Washington. Rounding out the Top 5, the Montana Grizzlies. Falling to number 6, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Rising to number 7, the Villanova Wildcats. Falling to number 8, the James Madison Dukes. Rising to number 9, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Rounding out the Top 10, Montana State. Number 11 is Southeastern Louisiana. Number 12 is Rhode Island. Number 13, the Delaware Blue Hens. Number 14, Northern Iowa. Rounding out the top 15, the Tennessee Martin Skyhawks. Number 16, UC Davis. Number 17, Kennesaw State's Owls. Number 18, the Virginia Military Institute Cadets. Number 19, the Mercer Bears. Rounding out the top 20, the Weber State Wildcats. Number 21, South Dakota. Number 22, Incarnate Word. 23, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Number 24, the William and Mary Tribe. And rounding out the top 25, Jackson State. It's time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. John Thayer, the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota Coyotes. Later on in the show... I'll have an interview with Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach of the Rhode Island Rams. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And now joined by Mr. John Thayer. John is the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota Coyotes. Thanks for making the time, John. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Four and two so far. So, so far, so good for the Yotes. Got a big game this weekend against Northern Iowa. Yeah, you know, this is the first time that these two teams will play as top 25 ranked opponents. I mean, uh, they've had, you know, one team ranked. Usually it's Northern Iowa, but uh, top 25 battle, the Yotes getting themselves into that top 25. They feel really good about where they're at with a lot of things. And um, it's a big battle coming off a huge win over North Dakota and, you know, nice upset at home. And you you got to flush that, you know, and move on, especially in the Missouri Valley Football Conference where it seems like week in and week out, there's not, not really a week off, no days off in this uh, league because we've seen that last week was, was evident, you know, all the home teams, Except for one, one there were a couple of upsets uh, last week as well. So it's a tough league, and you got to be ready to go. The running game's been very impressive for the Yotes. You've had a hundred-yard rusher in three of the last four, and boy, howdy! I really like tough running backs who run through arm tackles and punish people for trying to tackle them. You certainly got one with Travis Dice. You know, it was so good to see Travis back, um, getting his full allotment of carries against North Dakota. Uh, really, since the Kansas game, he's been limited. He didn't play out at Cal Poly. He was limited to eight carries at uh, Missouri State. He's just, they've been working him back, dealing with an injury, but uh, appears to be finally healthy again. And and he uh, ran on Saturday like he wanted to prove that he was healthy. And, and really when the Coyotes needed it the most, you know, at the end of the game to, to run some of that clock off, they just put the game on his back and, and he just ran through guys. And I think what's so impressive about him, you look at Travis Tyson, 
He's a really stocky running back. He looks uh, really powerful, which he is. But um, quietly, he kind of has the shiftiness to him. And I think that's what really uh, made his day against North Dakota. So he's been really, really good. And then they've had the emergence of Nate Thomas the last few games. And we just saw him a little bit last week. But he had led South Dakota a couple of times in in uh, rushing this year. He didn't make the trip to Kansas. So he wasn't even, you know, on that uh, list. And then you go out to... Uh, Cal Poly, and he really starts to make a name for himself. And Mike Manzaray did them uh, in that game. He had 142 yards rushing, I think, in that game at Cal Poly. And, you know, a tough loss for Shamari Lawrence. Uh, he suffered a knee injury. He's out for the year. He was the number two running back and was getting a lot of carries. And, you know, unfortunately, a knee injury led to a turnover at Missouri State, which kind of changed that game a little bit. But uh, uh, hope for the best in his recovery. And they really like the depth. It's been a lot of young guys that – are starting, people are starting to understand their names and abilities. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. John Thayer. John is a play-by-play voice for the South Dakota Coyotes. Carson Camp's been pretty efficient at the quarterback position. He hasn't turned the ball over. That's pretty much what Coach Nielsen wants from him. Yeah, it is. Uh, two, ter- two interceptions is all that he has. They both came in the same game at Missouri State. Uh, Carson has grown this year. You know, he's still a freshman quarterback, got some time uh, last spring, played most of last spring dealing with an injury. But this fall, he's really grown. He didn't have a great game at Kansas. And uh, some felt like maybe that was the difference in USD winning and, and losing that football game. And then he bounced back, had a good game against Northern Arizona, was very uh, efficient at uh, Cal Poly that led to the ground game having a good day and um, wasn't good at the end of the Missouri State game, but uh, he certainly grew from that. And we saw, you know, against Indiana State, his his awareness, pocket awareness, take another step forward. A guy who's starting to see some of the pressure, find his way downfield and, you know, know when to take off and run. And I thought that was critical against Indiana State. And and then uh, he was, you know, efficient last week as well. And I think that's what they need from him. They don't need the hero shots. Um, they need efficiency. And if they can get those short passes and him being efficient, it really helps open up that rushing game. And I think South Dakota feels like, you know, that's where they're going to win football games this year. They do have some tremendous wide receivers as well. But uh, we'll see the deep shot here and there. But a lot of it, you know, those shorter uh, passes really helps Carson feel confident in the pocket and really helps his efficiency. Well, you mentioned the receivers, and there's a lot of really good ones in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I think Caleb Vanderesh should be among those mentioned. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's number two right now in receiving for South Dakota, and part of that is due to an injury that he missed some time this year. Uh, he's got 15 catches on the year. Uh, he's been really good. Connor Bell has been extremely explosive. He's taken a couple of passes that he's caught within 10 yards and exploded for 50 or 60 yards. And some of those have gone for touchdowns. They've been very explosive plays. Wesley Elidor got his first touchdown reception in a Coyote uniform this past weekend. And then they got the tight end. You know, Brett Sampson is an absolute beast. He's got three touchdowns this year. He's the active leader for South Dakota in career touchdowns. And he's just a guy that they like to lean on in, in tough spots. And Austin Gearing, uh, he's only got five catches this year. That's another guy that at some point, He's going to explode for a big game. So certainly the receiving options are there. Jack Cochran, your senior linebacker, is a really good player. Trey Thomas is part of that group as well. That's a really good group. They're going to lead your defense, I think. 
No doubt. The linebackers are some uh, group that they feel really good about. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Jack. He's been kind of that quarterback in the defense the last few years. He's just a uh, football IQ. He's phenomenal. He, he lines guys up. He knows what everybody's responsibility is. That's a guy you have to have on your defense. Brock Mogensen is a guy that's really taken a step forward. We've seen Trey Thomas, uh, his emergence this year. And, uh, you know, early in the year, they were putting him in kind of on third down packages and he would blitz and get pressure on the quarterback, but he's had to step into a starting role. The Coyotes are dealing with an injury to Jakari Starling that's kept him out for the last few weeks, and uh, Jonathan Jonas has been injured basically since he had a pick six, so the group got depleted a little bit, but these guys are really stepping up, and the Coyote defense runs kind of like a multiple front, so they have three down linemen, and they walk up a linebacker, and that walk-up linebacker is usually either Jake Matthew or Dewan Cooper, and, and those guys have continued to play really good, keep containment on the outside and, and get pressure on the quarterback. So we knew going into the year that the deepest position, perhaps on the football team, was the linebacker group, and, and they've shown it. They're talented, they're deep, and that depth has been tested this year, but uh, they're they're really, really good. So we really like where they're at, and they continue to uh, help stop the run for the opponent, which has been critical. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. John Thayer, the play-by-play voice for the South Dakota Coyotes. Thanks for making the time, John. Really appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate the time. Keep up all the great work. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. At Renewal by Anderson, we love it when our customers tell us on a brutal winter day, we can't believe how much warmer this house is since we got our new windows. These windows are awesome. We hear it all the time. Winter is coming, and as beautiful as winter is in our part of the world, having drafty windows, cold rooms, and always needing that blanket on the couch is no fun. Renewal by Anderson makes the best windows you can get. We've been five-star energy partners for years. Our new windows can significantly lower your energy bills, especially on a brutal winter night when the wind is howling. Renewal by Anderson windows not only increase your comfort, they increase the value of your home. This winter, put that blanket away. Renewal by Anderson has great financing options with approved credit right now. For less than your cable or phone bill each month, you could have all new windows from Renewal by Anderson. Please visit our website now at rbamontana.com to hear about our financing options and book your in-home consultation now. And put that blanket away this winter with Renewal by Anderson. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful custom single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. 
I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, djcoulter.com. During the break, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now time for Mr. Chris Callum and I to take a trip around FCS Nation and preview some of the biggest games taking place this week. Up first, number 23, North Dakota is at number one, Southern Illinois. Well, it's do or die time for the Hawks. Our offense has sputtered the last two weeks, putting up just 10 points against North Dakota State, 13 versus South Dakota. The defense needs to defend the pass a little bit better. However, Southern Illinois has been giving up some points as well recently. Nick Baker has been on fire, and the Salukis have one of the better offenses in the country, and they are at home. It's going to be really tough to pick against Southern Illinois here. I agree with you, and I've been extremely impressed with Southern Illinois' running game. They've got three guys, including a transfer from Western Carolina, Donovan Spencer, who's fit in really well for the Salukis. That's a well-rounded offense. They can throw it. They can run it. They're going to be tough to beat going forward. Number three, North Dakota State is at Illinois State. Chris, this is normally a game we'd circle before the season started, right? Probably going to be a top 10 matchup, at least uh, top five versus top 15 matchup. Illinois State just doesn't have the horses this year. No, and what we've seen in you know the past with Illinois State, you know, especially over the past four or five years, is that they have just a heck of a defense that keeps them in games. But now the defense isn't playing as well. They're 61st uh, in FCS and defense, and they're 99th in offense. And there's really not much reason to think that they're going to put up much of a fight against the Bison. Idaho is at number four, Eastern Washington. If I was an Eastern Washington fan, I'd be scared of this one. Idaho is physical. They're tough. They're playing a two-headed quarterback system. You don't really know what to expect. This could be a very good ball game, Chris. I agree. Idaho's quirky. I mean, they, they do things a little bit differently. Beaudry played fairly well last week. They did put up 42 points against Portland State, so the offense is improving. And they have probably the best linebacker in the big sky in Trey Walker, and that's a conference that has a lot of really good linebackers. So I this could be end up being a shootout, and this might be a, a closer game than some people might suspect. Sacramento State is at number five, Montana. With the news that Elijah Dotson has retired from football, I just think back to the last time the Hornets were in Missoula. He put on a show. I mean, people were talking about it in the parking lot. Who is this guy? Wish Mr. Dotson well and whatever he decides he wants to do. But on this football game, Sac State comes in, Chris, and look, they're kind of flying underneath the radar a little bit. They've played well at times. This will be a tough test for the Grizz in Missoula. I agree. You know, and Sac State played well against Cal. I mean, I think that was a, a one-score game or, or maybe a you know less than 10-point game. I think Montana has to be a little bit concerned here. They've got to put some points on the board. We know they're going to play well on defense and special teams, but Sac State has never won in Missoula. They would love to get a win, and they did beat the Grizz in Sacramento back in 2019. 
Number seven, Villanova is at Albany. Chris, Villanova coming off that huge win on the road over James Madison just one week ago. Now you have to get up for an Albany squad who was underachieved. Yeah, and I think Nova has a couple of hard games after this, uh, including Rhode Island. So this is a little bit of a, not only a hangover type game after the big win, but a trap game perhaps. Albany, you've got to wonder what's happened to the offense. Under Cuffler hasn't performed as well. Defense has played a little better, and maybe it's enough to keep it close. Number eight, James Madison is at Richmond. There's no love loss between these two. And, I mean, let's face it, James Madison has not looked particularly good the last two weeks. If they don't show up with their A game, Richmond can beat them. Richmond can. They're playing a little better on offense. The defense is very stout. They are at home, and their backs are against the wall as well. Kind of a rivalry game, so I'm going to keep an eye on this one. Number nine, East Tennessee State is at Chattanooga. This is a rivalry game, too. These two don't like one another. East Tennessee State, look, great story, 6-0. and But the SOCON usually is going to SOCON, right, And that no team is really going to run away with it. Historically, that's been the way it is. But if East Tennessee State can get by Chattanooga, boy, that Mercer game at the end will be huge. Yeah, with Chattanooga, what I think about is the Kentucky game. They played well that that day, and they had a legit shot to win it. It was a close game late in the fourth quarter. And looking at both these teams, I think of one word. They're both very physical teams. East Tennessee State can put up a bunch of points, but they can run the football if they need to. They can play good defense. This should be a really good game, and I agree there's a chance for an upset here. Houston Baptist is at number 11, southeastern Louisiana. Chris, I haven't been as high on the Lions as some people have. When Cole Kelly won the Walter Payton Award, I thought, you know, if you're going to win the National Player of the Year, you ought to at least win your Conference Player of the Year, which he didn't. So I watched that CELA game last week. They're impressive. And he is a big fella, that Cole Kelly. When he gets ahead of steam going, running the football, he's a weapon. I was very impressed with them last week against Nichols. Yeah, and, and they could obviously make some great plays for the passing game. A lot of offense. The question mark is defense, but I don't think that HBU can keep up with them. So I think Sela's in a good spot here. Number 12, Rhode Island is at Towson. Towson's played a little better as of late, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Rhode Island, same deal as with Villanova. Huge win last week. Now you got to back it up. You see a lot of two and three type teams, Towson being one of them, that have a, a legit chance to knock off a ranked opponent. That that could happen this week. Rhode Island is playing a lot better on defense, so so I would expect them to get the win, but it could be close. Number thirteen, Delaware is at Stony Brook. This one really intrigues me. Stony Brook, just like Towson, playing a little bit better lately. They've played a lot of close games in the conference so far. Delaware Without Nolan Henderson for an indefinite period, the quarterback position is a question mark for them. Well, sure not for Stony Brook. They've had that field, young man, for quite a while. This is a game that if Delaware doesn't win, we may start to see them drop and maybe even completely out of the top 25. Huge game for the Blue Hens. And we may see less than 20 points scored combined between these two teams. The offenses sputter, but they both have great defenses. The preview segment will roll on right after these messages from the NCAA. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. 
NCAA Division I FCS football is a game of perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship. As he works to honor the game, every FCS student-athlete grows in his responsibilities as a student and as a member of his campus and community. Dedicated to personal growth and success in the classroom, the NCAA Division I FCS, every down, every day. Number 20, South Dakota, is at number 14, Northern Iowa. We talked about seeing clarity last week in the Missouri Valley Football Conference and other conferences around the country. This game is going to go a long way to see who is a contender in the MVFC and who is a pretender. Well, we should look back at the Northern Arizona game with South Dakota because they dominated that game. They were very impressive. They were rising up in the polls, and then they've suffered a, a couple of losses, but not bad losses. I think they're a legit team. They run the ball really well. Northern Iowa's at home. They need this win badly as well. Number 15, Tennessee Martin is at Eastern Illinois. Again, just like Rhode Island, just like Villanova, Tennessee Martin ranked 15 in my poll coming up with a bullet. They've handled their business. They should handle Eastern Illinois. Yeah, Eastern Illinois is really not in very good shape at all. They're not playing good football. Tennessee Martin just needs to take care of business here. Northern Colorado is at number 16, UC Davis. Is this a must win for Davis? I think so. I yeah, I kind of agree with that. Northern Colorado is playing well on defense. It's another team that's kind of flip-flopped that like Rhode Island has. So they've got a shot. Davis has to prove that they have an answer on offense. They've really declined in that part of the game, but their defense is really strong too. Definitely a do or die for them. North Carolina A&T is at number 17, Kennesaw State. This one intrigues me. North Carolina A&T and look, they're right there at the top of the Big South Conference, undefeated. There's a log jam there a little bit. This one will go a long way to proving whether North Carolina A&T is a team that's going to stay in the Big South championship race or if Kennesaw is going to take control. Well, both teams like to run the ball, and they're both really solid at stopping the run. The Aggies are better in run defense, and they pass the ball twice as often as Kennesaw does, and they're fairly effective when they do so. This is a really good test for the Owls, but also an opportunity for A&T to get to 3-0 and in the Big South and, and have a little bit of a cushion, perhaps. A win here by either team gives them a great shot at the conference AQ. Number 18, Virginia Military Institute is at number 19, Mercer. This is a huge game in the SOCON, Chris. Yeah, and it's kind of fun where, you know, the SOCON, like you said, there's so much parity in it, and it seems like everybody is still eligible to to perhaps win a conference title or share it. Both teams here are looking for a quality win. Mercer brings Fred Davis, that solid rushing attack, a solid rushing defense. BMI is second to last in the nation in run defense, but they've also faced the Citadel, Wofford, and Davidson. So that's going to skew those numbers a little bit. BMI quarterback Seth Morgan is coming off his best day so far in last week's win over Chattanooga where he passed for 306 yards and three touchdowns. Expect the key debts to attack through the air. VMI has been effective on the ground, too. Corey Bridey is a heck of a running back. He toted the mail for like 168 yards last week, ran it 35 times. So, look, VMI is not a one-trick pony. If you want to line up and play physical, they're able to do that. Uh, If you want to uh, play the air raid game, they're better at it than most anybody else is. But for Mercer, they don't ask their quarterback to do a whole bunch. He hands the ball off. 
He makes plays down the field when they're there. And look, this is going to be a great football game, and it's going to go a long way, just like some of these other games have, to see who's going to be in the SoCon race till the end. Our sneaky good games of the week preview starts off with number six, South Dakota State hitting the road to take on Western Illinois. Let's see how the Jackrabbits respond to the adversity, losing a ball game last week that they felt like they should have won. Western Illinois been playing a lot better since their trip to Missoula, Montana, where the Grizz just blasted them. Good offensive team are the Leathernecks, and the defense has come along a little bit. Should be a really good ball game, I think, if you're South Dakota State. You run the football, throw the ball down the field when it's advantageous to you, and don't let Southern Illinois beat you twice. Play your game. If you do, you ought to win that one. In the SoCon's oldest rivalry, the Citadel Bulldogs will hit the road to take on arch-rival Furman. I do this every year. I say there's a lot of nice rivalries in FCS football, but it's not a really big one unless there's been roadside mascot murder. That has taken place in the Citadel and Furman series. Furman, freshman quarterback, played excellent last week. Citadel did a lot of good things against East Tennessee State. Going to be really interesting. These two teams do not like one another, and it's the first night game for the Citadel versus Furman in Greenville in 15 years. Should be a great one there in the upstate of South Carolina. Chris, I posted something on Twitter the other night, and I got beat up for it. And, you know, and that's fine. Uh, You know, I I post a lot of things for value and wanting people to interact. There's a question that I had. When conferences crown a champion, when everybody doesn't play everybody else, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Are we going to see, you think, when all the realignment talk, and are we going to see a lot of these conferences, you think, go to nine teams and have actual champions that are decided on the field, not with coin flips or points scored? It just rubs me the wrong way when a team gets an automatic bid but ducks some of the toughest competition in its league. Well, it especially affects the biggest guy because it's such a, big, a large conference. Um I think that I I get what you're saying. When I look back historically on how teams have done, I don't think about conference championships. I think about deep playoff runs. I think about upsets in the playoffs. Uh, So it depends on your perspective. You know, if you value, you know, conference rings, then yes. I mean, a nine-team conference is a much cleaner look. Uh, It takes away a lot of the the mystery behind it. Uh, It is kind of frustrating when a Rhode Island, you know, doesn't have to play JMU. I get it. So I see it both ways. And for all those that interacted on that tweet and beat me up, great points made. I appreciate the interaction. Thank you. That's why we're all there, I think. The preview segment is brought to you in part by... Big Deck Barbecue Company, proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota. Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up your weeknight meal with your family, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. If you're a serious tailgater looking to take your tailgate to the next level, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. They spent countless hours making this product the best it can be, and folks, take it from me, they've got it right. Support those that support the FCS. Get to BigDeckBBQ.com. And Big Deck Barbecue Company would like to remind you that life's better on a big deck. Big Deck Barbecue Company. BigDeckBBQ.com. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach of the Rhode Island Rams. Following that will be the pick segment. All of that and more is coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. That's my husband, Mr. Fix-It. I got it! 
I ain't got it. I told him we needed replacement windows for our house. I am man! I told him rather than go to a do-it-yourself store, we should contact Renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts. No subcontractors. Hey, honey, did you know our electricity runs through all these little metal pipes? Yow! You okay? Yeah. Renewal by Anderson, hassle-free, energy-efficient, low-maintenance windows with a professional perfect fit. A hole needs to be just a little larger. Keeping your home warm in the winter, cool in the summer with their Fibrex windows. I had no idea we had this much insulation in our walls. Honey? Yeah? I think it's time we call Renewal by Anderson. Good call, Mr. Fix-It. For a perfect fit, call 605-341-7831. Renewal by Anderson of South Dakota. 605-341-7831. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution You created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder Someone get a stretcher Courtside, luxury box, upper deck Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section Hit the deck So simple, anyone can operate it After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only ships t-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launching there. Bud Light beer at Isabuse, St. Louis, Missouri. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. BrickWheels.com. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach for the Rhode Island Rams. Thanks for being here, Coach. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me. Now, you've won so far with a strong rushing attack and a really quality defense. I know that must please every football coach in America talks that that's how they want to win, and you're doing it, Coach Fleming. <laughs> There's no doubt. I think that it's the, the recipe for success. Run the ball, you know, hold on to it, get a defense out there that can stop them, and make sure you, at the very least, neutralize the kicking game, if not try to win it every time. But uh, we've still got a lot more to accomplish and a, and a, a lot more improvement to make. 
Kaysom Hill has been very good for you at the quarterback position, but we talked about the rushing attack. Justice Antrim last week was excellent, and he's been good for you so far. Talk about what he does really well, Coach Fleming. Well, what he does is he takes coaching. I mean, he's a, an older guy. He's been waiting for his opportunity. He you know, hits his landmarks. He reads. He understands what the defense is trying to do and has been able to really keep his pads low and run extremely hard. You know, he's a very solidly built individual and, you know, may not have, you know, all the shake and bake in the world, but he's certainly a very positive yards guy and, and, and doing just a phenomenal job for us, you know, after we thought we were going into the season with Kevin Brown uh, as our lead running back, but he unfortunately got injured during training camp and, and Justice is there with a, with a magical performance so far. Caleb Warren, your fine tight end, he's a big body going across the middle. He'll make those tough catches. He brings a lot to the table, Coach. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, we he was a very talented athlete that we've been, you know, finding more and more ways to be able to get the ball to. I think he's improved tremendously over this year, starting to open up the eyes of the NFL guys as they come around and scouting some of these people. But, uh, you know, he's a, a weapon. He's something that, as we all know, a tight end can really – draw a lot of attention on a defense and if you have one that can hurt you in the middle it, it, it opens some other things up and Caleb's made some significant plays over the first part of the season. Some people are surprised with the success that you've had so far this fall but the table was set for this during the spring wasn't it? Yeah I think it was you know when we went through you know practicing in blizzards and all that stuff and then we had opportunity to get three legitimate games uh, in and you know we were able to win two of those guys which were ranked opponents both Villanova and Albany at the time uh, very special to be able to kind of you know get a legitimate spring type preparation and then it's carried over into this fall and you know our schedule's been on our side you know we, we, we left our, our money game until later on in the season uh, we've been able to go ahead and get out ahead of you know people that you know, I don't know if we should be, but, you know, we had a very competitive opportunity to win. And then you get in the CAA and anything goes, and we've been able to get three of those wins. And we're focused on trying to go down to Towson and get another one. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach of the Rhode Island Rams. Coach, on the defensive side of the ball, you were solid on all three levels. Defensive end, LB Mack, nine tackles last week, along with the game-winning touchdown return on the block punt. You've got Evan Stewart and Andre Blackett with 11 tackles. Tackles each. I mean, the cornerbacks are good with Jordan Jones. You seem to be solid on all three levels of the defense. Well, you know, you know how that is. I mean, you never want to jinx yourself, but you're right. You know, Delaware came in with a, you know, a backup quarterback, which you know really took away a little bit of mobility at that position. But uh, you know, we knew we were going to have our hands full with Dejan Lee, who's a great running back. They're monsters up front, and we were able to hold our gaps. But, you know, the, that Delaware crew continued to roll in and, and uh, you know, threatened us down the road, and then that's when Jordan Jones stepped up. But our defense is solid at all three levels, and really looking for them to get better and better. Coach, you come off a huge win against a ranked opponent, Delaware, last week, and now you're going to face Towson. Towson has improved each week. Rob Ambrose is a good coach. It's not going to be an easy ball game for you. No, there's no easy games in this league, and particularly on the road. Um, you know, you can throw records out. We've been on that side of the coin. You know, there's a lot of guys that have played very tough and physical football games and come up on the short end of the stick. You know, I thought that they performed very well. You know, then we went out to play San Diego State. You know, it's a tough out in anybody's game. And, you know, then they played North Dakota State. You know, you schedule those guys to come in. 
you know, I'd be probably more mad at the schedulers than anything else. But, you know, they had a very tough game with Stony Brook. They managed the game well. They're on the on the upswing, and I know that Rob will have them ready. It'll be a dogfight. What is an anchor bearer for Rhode Island football, and what are the requirements for that, Coach? Well, the anchor is is on our state flag, and and where it, it ties into football, it's that you know the anchor is a symbol of steadfastness. And when you think about a 60-minute battle in a football game, it's usually 60 minutes of organized chaos, similar to a you know, a boat that's anchored to the seafloor and trying to keep it from drifting away. That anchor is attached to an 11 link chain, which represents each player that's on the field at any one time. And we awarded each and every week to a guy who's doing it the Rhode Island Ram way. You know, they're doing things right on the field. They're doing things right off the field. And, uh, you know, it's significantly impacting our program in a positive way, but usually ends up going to a guy that, you know, that has made some significant plays or overcome some uh, significant strife and made significant sacrifices. So it's an all-around award that we give every week and one that is a very prideful moment for the people that are elected to carry it. What surprised you about this team so far? Uh, you know, nothing's really surprised me. I, I think that, you know, it's been an evolution of, of, you know, going from losing close games to winning close games. I think that our leadership has been very strong. So I wouldn't say I'm surprised in any extent. I'm very pleased to see the way that the football gods are looking out for us a little bit, and hopefully they'll continue to. But, uh, you know, our team has been resilient and tough and put the work in and prepared well. And I think that they're very, you know, short focused, which is what you have to be. Just focus on the task at hand each and every week. And then if we can be in the conversation come November, then you're playing your way into postseason opportunities and and, and championship uh, contention. But we still got a long way to go through the rest of October before we can really start focusing on those things. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Jim Fleming, head coach for the Rhode Island Rams. Thanks for making the time, coach. Really appreciate it. Best of luck this week against Towson and the rest of the way. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. The interview with the coach is brought to you by the Harold Group Security Solutions. The Harold Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risk people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Harold Group's number one priority. The Harold Group provides a various number of solutions to effectively minimize threats and keep your assets safe and secure. You can look Harold Group up on the web at heraldgroup.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P.com. We'll be right back right after a word from our local sponsors. Thanks to them. They help make this show go. And coming up right after the break will be the pick segment. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for my favorite segment of the week, the pick segment, where, folks, the last couple of weeks, I must be butter because I am on a roll. Up first, number 23, North Dakota is at number one, Southern Illinois. Give me Southern Illinois in this game. I think North Dakota is in a bad spot. They're on the road. I think the Salukis win here fairly easily, 34 to 20. 
injuries are starting to pile up for the Salukis, y'all. They've lost Calvin Francis now, their fine center for the season. And we know that losing the center is a big deal for an offense. Like Chris mentioned earlier, Nick Baker has been outstanding at quarterback for the Salukis. I think Southern Illinois will lean on that running game that's been very impressive so far. And we all know that the Fighting Hawks are not good away from the Alaris Center. Take Southern Illinois at home, 31-24. Number three, North Dakota State is at Illinois State. It won't be flashy. I think it'll just be very much a typical North Dakota State game where they build three-score lead and then cruise. Not a high-scoring game either. Give me the Bison to win 29-7. to NDSU opened up the offense just a little bit last week, like Chris and I thought they would. Quincy Patterson was efficient and effective with both his arm and his legs. Any road win in the MVFC is a good one, and the Bison will get one here, 30-13. to Idaho is at number four, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington's defense is playing better, and I think that's going to be enough to prevent Idaho from staying in a shootout-type situation. Give me the Eagles to win 45-24. The two-headed QB situation at Idaho definitely worked last week, but the Vandals are going to find out Eastern Washington ain't Portland State. The 424 yards passing that Vandal defense gave up last week really makes you think that Eric Berrier and the Eagles offense will have a day. They will. Take Eastern Washington at home over Idaho, 48-21. Sac State is at number five, Montana. If Sac State was a little bit healthier, I think they'd have have a shot here, but I, I'm going to go with the Grizz. It's tough to pick against them uh, at Wagriz. It'll be a fairly close game. Montana wins 27-20. The retirement of Hornets running back Elijah Dotson, like I mentioned earlier, really changes this game. He had a huge day the last time these two teams got together. The Hornets will be stubborn and still try to run the ball, but that's not the way you're going to beat the Grizz. Montana quarterback Chris Brown did some good things last week, but needs to take better care of the football. I think he will. Take Montana at home, 28-10. Ten. Number seven, Villanova is at Albany. Too much Daniel Smith and Justin Covington for the Danes here. Give me Nova to win this game 42-17. to 17. Excellent QB matchup here. Daniel Smith for Villanova can push the ball down the field and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Jeff Undercuffler for Albany hasn't been as good as he has been, but it's still very dangerous to have a week where he doesn't miss anything. You just have to hope that it doesn't happen to you. No letdown for Nova after the big road win over James Madison last week. Justin Covington running the ball will be the difference. Take Villanova on the road over Albany, 28-17. Number eight, James Madison is at Richmond. Sometimes losses in the middle of the season can wake a team up, and I think that may have been what JMU needed. I think they go into Richmond and take care of business fairly easily. Give me the Dukes to win 34-10. to This Duke football team is going to be a mad, mad bunch that could lead them to press a little bit. And this is a rivalry game, like Chris mentioned earlier. And JMU has not looked especially good the last two weeks. Probably should have lost to New Hampshire, and they did lose to Villanova. I don't believe they'll play that poorly three weeks in a row. JMU beats Richmond on the road. It'll be close, though, 27-21. Number nine, East Tennessee State is at Chattanooga. I wouldn't be surprised if the mocks pull the upset, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think East Tennessee State is a one-loss team, and who knows, they might even go undefeated. I don't think that one loss occurs this weekend. Give me the Bucks to win here. Pretty good ball game, 28-24. ETSU is good, really good, y'all. Chattanooga's been good at times this season, too. The mocks have a strong rushing attack and a pretty stout defense. The team that plays the 
cleanest will win. Chattanooga has had some penalty problems that have hurt them in the past. East Tennessee State will run the ball, eat the clock, and go over the top in the passing game. That's been a recipe for victory for them so far. Going to be close and physical, but I believe the Bucks will win on the road over Chattanooga 28-24. Houston Baptist is at number 11, southeastern Louisiana. The Lions struggle on defense. They may a little bit here, but they're going to get the win. Give me Sela 42, Houston Baptist 31. That's a good pick. I actually have the same score. Southeastern Louisiana, they're going to outscore just about everybody they play. This week will be no exception. Take Southeastern Louisiana at home, 45-31. Number 12, Rhode Island is at Towson. The Tigers just don't have much offense. The defense is decent. Rhode Island has a very good defense. The offense is sufficient to get the win on the road against Towson. So give me the Rams to win this ball game, 24-7. to Rhode Island is going to be able to stand prosperity. This is a good football team. There'll be no letdown after a huge win last week. They'll run the ball, play defense, be solid on the specialty teams. Take Rhodey on the road over Towson, 27-17. Number 13, Delaware is at Stony Brook. Delaware's desperate, and I think they're going to come out and play a little tight. Stony Brook really has nothing to lose. I'm going to go with the upset here. Give me the Seawolves to win this game. Very low scoring, 17-12. to 12. I totally agree. I have this game circled as an upset pick of the week. A couple of weeks ago, you would have thought this would be an easy victory for the Blue Hens. Well, not so much anymore. Take Stony Brook to upset Delaware, 21-17. Number 20, South Dakota is at number 14, Northern Iowa. The Panthers kind of went back to their old losing ways last week and I think that continues I think the Coyotes are legit give me South Dakota to win this game 31 to 28 not me sir the Yotes are riding high and Northern Iowa lost to NDSU last week but South Dakota's never really played well at Northern Iowa Panthers QB Theo Day he'll maximize each possession because if the Yotes run the ball like they did last week there won't be all that many of those possessions in this game Panthers are at home and that gives them an edge take Northern Iowa over South Dakota 28-23 number 15, UT Martin is at Eastern Illinois. Give me the Skyhawks to cruise to an easy win. Eastern Illinois just isn't very good this year. 34-3. to All Skyhawks in this one. UT Martin over Eastern Illinois, 38-7. North Carolina A&T is at number 17, Kennesaw State. A&T passes the ball better. A&T stops the run better. They both run the ball well. Give me a mild upset here. I'm going to go with the Aggies to win this game, 24-23. to It's a bit of a log jam at the top of the Big South Conference with four teams undefeated in conference play. North Carolina A&T can take a giant step towards some separation with a road win in Atlanta. I believe they'll get it. Take North Carolina A&T to upset Kennesaw State 31-30. to Number 18, VMI, is at number 19, Mercer. VMI might be a slightly more talented team, but they're inconsistent. Mercer, I'm starting to become a believer, and I think that they're going to continue to be on a streak here. Give me the Mercer Bears to win this game, 28-20. to 20. VMI going to try to be physical with the running game to set up that air raid offense. Mercer is going to do what they do, hand the ball off, try to wear you down, win it in the end. Tough one to pick, but take Mercer at home, 38-35. to 35. We're out of time. Thanks to Mr. Chris Callum for co-hosting, Mr. Justin Swallows for producing. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, and like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.